My Travel Podcast, a travel podcast that highlights our travel community of women, people of color, and adventurous spirits. You can expect amazing travel stories and incredible experiences from all over the world, along with tips and tricks from our expert guests. I'm your host, Janine Romo, aka La Wild Explorer. And I'm your co-host and producer, Martha Espinoza Wynn, aka Martha Gets It. We hope you enjoy this episode. Well, welcome back to Oh My Travel Podcast. We have a special guest on our podcast today. We have Miss Leah, Alley and Fly, um, hey. co-host of Ticket to Anywhere um, podcast. And this has been a long time coming. Because our dear, dear friend. <laughs> our, our dear special Leah. Um, yeah, I, I'm so excited we, we get to chat with you on the podcast today and or our listeners, please introduce yourself, Leah. T- tell tell our listeners more about you. <laughs> oh, it's so good to be chatting with you, ladies. And thank you for coming on to Ticket to Anywhere, you know, months ago. I think it was maybe last year. So I'm Leah, for those of you that don't know me, also known as LA in Flight. I am one half of Ticket to Anywhere podcast. I'm a notorious slow traveler, bougie backpacker these days. I've kind of elevated my backpack style. Um, I've lived in Las Vegas. I've traveled South America and I've lived in Australia. I changed my career in Australia. My home base is Los Angeles. So this is now where I am located. And I just use this as a jump off point to go on all my trips. I love slow travel. So when I go away, I try to go away for minimum of three weeks. That makes me feel good. (laughs) And, you know, obsessions, coffee, hostel, dancing, public transportation, soccer, um, and basically helping others get the most out of their travels and really dig into the communities that they're visiting and just try to immerse themselves as much as possible. Love that, Leah. Um, Thank you so much. Yeah, (laughs) that was a very deep a deep dive into you. I feel like we almost don't need our icebreaker, but we're going to do no, it anyway. No, icebreak me. <laughs> we're doing the icebreaker just for funsies and because, I mean, I feel like I know all of these, but um, our listeners don't know them. So we're going to do a this or that Leah edition. Ooh, okay. <laughs> rapid fire? Are we like rapid? rapid fire? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Give it to us, girl. <laughs> the pressure. The pressure. <laughs> <laughs> all right here we go i'm good all right beach lounging or pool lounging beach local dating or international dating <gasps> oh um <laughs> international dating oh international love all right um iced coffee or hot coffee oh gosh iced coffee <laughs> <laughs> airbnb or hotel hotel extra cash you could splurge on if if you sorry if you had extra cash to splurge mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. would it be on a fancy dinner or cool activity <gasps> um cool activity all right mm-hmm. you pass the test yeah. i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i pass we can continue yes we love what the ice broke very good. yeah very you know good. what i wasn't sure about that last one um you know what i it's funny you mentioned that because I was on the verge, but a fancy dinner, I would pay for out of pocket anyway. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. I'm going to splurge. We're in like, you know, Lima, Peru. We're going to drop hundos on this dinner. But like a collectivity, I'd be more reluctant to unless I'm like, oh, is it worth my money? So that's why I picked collectivity. Okay. okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so a fancy dinner is a is a standard splurge for you. Yes, that's a standard splurge, <laughs> but like still on splurge, meaning it's like every other trip. <laughs> You know, got it got know. it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right well leah you you call yourself a bougie backpacker um but we're gonna we're gonna take it back a little bit you were in south america for a few months which and this this was when was this actually this was this in was 2016 what? and i was actually there for a year a year mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. so People hearing this, um, you know, maybe not like traditional like backpackers that have been doing it um, Mm -hmm. as long as you Mm -hmm. could consider that expensive, being away from home Mm -hmm. for for a long while. Um, How did how did you do this? Were you in hostels? How like was this the beginning of your travel (laughs) journey? Were you already a seasoned backpacker? Walk us through this. Yes. This is an interesting, I'm going to do a little plug here. I, on Ticket to Anywhere, we, our most popular episode, actually, one of the most downloads is called One Year Backpacking South America. So go check it out. It's like episode two or three on Ticket to Anywhere. Um, But for the Oh My Travel fans out here, so I did this quite a while ago and obviously the landscape has changed. This was in 2016. So I basically spent all of 2015 preparing for this. And if you know me, one thing I love talking about is finances and budgeting in addition to traveling. Like I love because you need money to travel. So I'm like, you know, I used to think money was so taboo. I'm like, well, we're going to have to talk about it because people are always up in my DMs. Like, how are you affording this? And I'm like, okay, one, you can't answer that question. Two, let me tell you how I did it. (laughs) So... I prepared for a year mentally, financially. I literally basically stopped. I was living in Vegas in 2015, lived in Vegas for three years, working the corporate life, climbing the corporate ladder. And I decided uh, on a trip to Nicaragua, New Year's Eve 2014, going to 2015. I was like, you know what? I don't know that I want this corporate life anymore. And so I was like, what changes can I make to, you know, follow my dream, keep learning Spanish. You know, I want more than like what's here in Las Vegas. And I worked all year, got certified to teach English, basically stopped going out for the last like four or five months there. I only went out for birthdays and special events, promotions, people leaving jobs, et cetera. And so I cut down significantly. I had no sense of saving before 2015. I am, I, I don't know how much this matters, but I come from a family of immigrants. I'm a first gen Filipino American. So there's a lot of like scarcity mindset, right? But also like, you know, my parents are just trying to survive. There's not, they, I didn't get taught how to save. And like, that's maybe that's on me as like a 26 year old adult at that time. But I started saving heavily, changed my life drastically, started getting rid of my possessions. And I had a lot. I was like borderline hoarder. It was so gross. I would just shop all the time. And I'm like, I'm going to go to South America next year. So I spent a year preparing for it. And I was like, I want to backpack too. So I took a trip to Europe in early 2015 and I practiced with a backpack and that got me comfortable. And albeit it was an 80 liter backpack. I do like, I carry half of that now, but you know, it was a good way for me to 
get started into backpacking because I'm like, I'm going to be around South America where it's warm. There's like maybe not some paved streets. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to bring a backpack with me. So all of this like came from within. And, you know, I started reading all kinds of travel blogs, travel YouTube videos, following Nomadic Mad, et cetera, and getting ideas and inspiration and, you know, preparing myself. So in that one year of South America, I basically flew one way to Buenos Aires, Argentina. I spent six months there. I actually got an apartment. I rented an apartment with um, an Argentine guy and a French girl. It was amazing. The greatest setup ever. And I lived there and hung out there with tons of expats and Argentines alike in an apartment for six months. I also visited while I was living in Argentina. I was like balling out. I like flew to Brazil, like Iguazu Falls and Rio. And then I flew to Chile and Men- Mendoza, Argentina to meet my friends. And then I also went to Patagonia. <laughs> so I was spending like quite a lot my first six months. And then it started getting cold. And then it started, um, it started getting cold and I wanted to change. So I went to the opposite side of the continent and I flew to Colombia and that started three months of me backpacking through Colombia. And that's where I stayed in a lot more hostels, even though while I was around South America not staying in my apartment, I was staying in hostels. So Colombia was amazing. And then after my, I just ran out my tourist visa there for three months. After that, I was like, well, I'm not leaving South America without seeing Machu Picchu. So I went to Peru. <laughs> I flew to Peru after three months in Colombia. I landed in Lima. And this is when I was like, uh-oh, I'm out of money. <laughs> <laughs> I had been bawling out for so, you know, bawling out on like a budget, essentially, right? And I get to Lima and I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm going to go. I've heard there's huge party hostels here. So I'm going to go bartend at these party hostels. And so I essentially bartended my way through Peru for the next two and a half months. And then I can get into that, you know, whatever you want to know, because that was quite the experience. It literally changed my life. And I still have some of my best friends from that experience. And then I topped it off with a four-day, all-inclusive Cabo San Lucas, Mexico trip for one of my friend's 30th birthday at the end of that year. So that was my splurge at the end of it. (laughs) So you went out with a bang. (laughs) Yes, definitely. And it was just perfect timing. So it was just funny to rock up to an all-inclusive with like your dirty backpack and be like, all right, I'm here. And everyone's like in resort wear. Uh, Yeah, I feel you. I've I've done that. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about um, bartending your or your way through Peru because I I guess I don't think a lot of people would think of or or they don't know that you can mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. work um, to kind of keep that money going. Yep, absolutely. So huh, these decisions I made by by being able to do this um, were on the fly and they were almost out of half desperation because I was running low on money, right? Now that I'm a way more seasoned traveler, it's six months or six years later and we know a little bit, I'm prefacing what my stories, but now we more know more a little bit about how travel affects communities and how we want to do no harm while we're traveling, right? Mm-hmm. Um you know, now I, I don't know, Bar- bartending would be interesting, but I, I was, like I said, I was doing it out of a place of need. Uh, whereas now I think we try to be a little bit more sustainable, a little bit more like uh, integrated into the communities that we visit. So 
when I got to Lima, I was like, I, I knew for a week prior, actually, when I was leaving Colombia, I was like, okay, I know there's some party hostels in Peru and Bolivia. I don't know if I'll make it to Bolivia this year because I don't know if I have time. Also, Americans, uh, the uh, American Bolivian relations are strained and we still require oh. a visa or Bolivians require an American. Americans have a visa to enter the country. So I was like, okay, Peru, we don't. So I emailed, what I did was pull out my old corporate self. I emailed the GM of Loki Hostels in Lima, which is one of the greatest hostel chains. They're great in so many different ways, right? Like local owned as well. And I said, hey, I'm going to be in Lima in a week. I'd love to become bar staff. Um, do you have space for me? And they're like, hey, Leah, come on in and we'll we'll do a, like mini interview. We'll get to know each other when you get here. So I did. And they loved me. I started that night and it was crazy. I've never bartended in my life, oh FYI. So, oh gosh. yeah. <laughs> Confidence. <laughs> never bartended in my life. But I know how to like. Like, I love making drinks. I love talking to people. And so I was like, this is perfect. And so I, I found out I was a natural at it. I do have a heavy hand when I pour. So if you want your drink strong, please come to me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the deal was at these party hostels, they there's different, um, they all have kind of different programs. With Loki at the time, I'm sure it's different now. It's probably changed now. So make sure you can go look it up. But they were like, okay, you, we like for you in exchange for you working four shifts a week. And a shift can be anywhere from like, you know, four to seven hours in exchange for you working four shifts a week. And there's never going to be like a double shift in a day. We will give you a bed in the staff dorm and um, a free meal every day plus 40% off everything else. And you just owe us minimum of two weeks stay here. And so I was like, done. And so what it did for me was slow my spending down. So it wasn't like I was getting paid to do this. This is very much a work for exchange. It just slowed my spending down, which helped me massively because I was like oh my goodness I'm almost out of money what am I going to do in Peru that was my like you know thinking going into it so this helped me massively right. and that just started tumbling like after Lima I went down to Arequipa in the south like is more deserty and then I worked with Wild Rover hostels down there which is like not a it's like a friendly competitor right also the same premise like a big party hostel big communities etc worked down in wild rover and Arequipa for two weeks and then i went up to cusco which is a jump off point for machu picchu and then i worked as a bartender in loki cusco for six weeks because i had some wow. time yeah so uh that's pretty much it. And every time before I went, I always pulled out my corporate self, my old corporate self and sent an email to the GM. So I would be top of mind because a lot of our, uh, a lot of travelers will just rock up and that's fine. That's the standard. But I was like, mm, I'm going to make myself a little bit more special and stand out and send a formal email. So mm -hmm. I did. <laughs> I love that. Um, it seems like there's so many good things about hostels that like you know, people just like don't really know about obviously, you know, these mm -hmm. programs, the price hostels are a lot cheaper than staying at a, tra yes. a traditional hotel or homestay. Um, what else do you like about hostels? Oh, well, the reason I stay in hostels is because I'm usually traveling alone, right? Solo travel. And mm -hmm. 
I love meeting new people. And I think in a hostel these days, especially with the availability of private rooms and dorms, you could literally have your own space, fall asleep alone, have your own bathroom, but then step outside and still be immersed in the community that's the common room or that's the kitchen or go on tours or events on the rooftop or find someone to go to the market with you. I just think that there's so many different ways people use hostels nowadays. And nowadays in 2022, they're getting into co-working, right? They're getting into longer stays. Like, I just think they're so versatile. And I believe in the mission of what a hostel stands for, which is community and offering an affordable place for everyone and anyone to stay um, and providing activities, providing the basis for people visiting that place. Like here's a jump off point for you. Um, here are some great things to do here. Here's what you need to know. I just believe in everything a hostel stands for. So I'm always going to be an advocate for them. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Hostels. I mean, I've, I've stayed at many hostels. And one thing that I like is that, you know, obviously there's community. Um, great for solo travelers. But also they, um, you could go there, not know what the heck you're going to do, or, mm -hmm. you know, not sure about a tour or something. And they just kind of like hook you up and guide you. 100%. And I will say this is a hot tip. And I always tell people this, Janine, I'm sure you know it as well. But a lot of hostels, they have their active, like their quote unquote concierge desk, if you will, or their mm -hmm. bar separate from the hostel. So you don't actually have to be staying at the hostel to enjoy the, the activities or to enjoy going to the bar. So case in point at Loki Lima, the bar was actually, it was in the hostel, but there was a separate entrance to the bar. So we always had a lot of like local Peruvians and, and anyone else from any other hostel would be like, come to our bar, come to our bar. And it was so easy for them to, because they never had to enter the sleeping area, which was also really nice because it's like, you know, uh, for safety reasons. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You, privacy and things like that. 100%, 100%. And then one of my other favorite examples was when I was with friends and family from back home in Cartagena, Colombia. And we didn't really know where to look for, start looking for tours. I was a little overwhelmed at that point because I had friends and family coming from back home. So I had to host them, even though I'd only been in the country for like two months. So I'm like, you know what, let's just go to El Viajero, which is a big, um, another hostel chain throughout South America. I was like, let's use their concierge desk to book the volcanic mud bath and to do a beach tour. So we did, we just rocked up. I'm like, Hey, I'm not staying here. I stayed at El Viajeros like in, um, in Argentina and elsewhere, but you know, we'd really love to join the tours that you offer here if possible. And they let us and we paid, mm -hmm. you know, so it's so easy. I think you can just kind of try your hand on that at, at, at any hostel. If you don't know where to start, where, where to look, I think that's a good way to start. Nice. Um, you are like singing praises about hostels, but <laughs> we have noticed recently that um, you've been staying more and more at hotels. And I don't know if that, like, is that <laughs> just like your travel evolution? Like, are you, do you just, like, are things more important to you at this point? Um, like, why Why do you think that's happening? Or or is it just like a happy coincidence? Yeah. So I have been staying lately more at hotels, which I also think is interesting. And I keep asking myself and my, like, 
social media community, I'm like, am I changing? Like, am I different? What's happening? <laughs> but if you, if you're connect, if we're connected on, on Instagram or TikTok, you'll know that I was just in Bali a little over a month ago and I pretty much stayed. I know this is insane. I stayed in like eight different accommodations in three weeks. It's a long story. I was working. I was following um, the married couple kind of everywhere, like the wedding party, we were all going everywhere. So I had to book a bunch of different hotels and it only stayed at one hostel during that whole time. And the reason Bali in particular I stayed in hotels is because I remember the last hotel I stayed at was $360 for four nights, which like is inexpensive to us in the States because you cannot even get one night in a decent four-star hotel for $360 in Los Angeles. So the fact mm-hmm. that I had like two pools, a restaurant, a bar, my own beautiful room right on the beach in Gili Tralangan in Indonesia, um, which is a little outside of Bali for $360. I'm like, I'm never really going to get this experience anywhere else. So I'm just going to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I did. Yeah. And, you know, I've been traveling for work a lot this year. So I've been staying in hotels as well. Like work, usually corporations aren't really going to put you up in a hostel, you know, um, they'll book you at a hotel. And um, a few other trips I've had this year, I've stayed with one or two other people. So we've opted to get a hotel as well, because sometimes when I'm with others, we think three, four is a crowd. So it's, I don't necessarily need to meet new people, right? Yeah. Um, which is why I don't, you know, I don't suggest a hostel. Like hostels for me, the the biggest thing is I want to meet new people because I'm traveling alone. So let's book there first. But when I'm traveling with others, it's generally a hotel or Airbnb. You know, I I could do a whole other episode on Airbnb, but <laughs> we'll keep it to that. Yeah. But yeah, start, you know, and I think without or the lack of travel we've had the past two years, at least on my part, you know, in the pandemic, I was taking things very seriously and staying home for the most part. So I was able to save up a lot of money. So I think my budget um, was allowing for more hotel stays this year as well. Okay. So yeah. we're, we're at the very beginning of the evolution of your travel journey. It might be a new definitely. chapter. <laughs> definitely, definitely. But I will say, While I was in Bali and staying at these hotels, as much as I loved them, um, a lot of times I was like, man, I'm like, there's, you know, everyone here is a couple or in a family or there's not any other maybe groups of friends or like solo people that might want to get dinner. So some meals did feel a little bit lonely, but like I was there for a wedding. So I would constantly meet up with the wedding party as well. So. Um, but yeah, I, I just think I wasn't, I wouldn't be able to get the opportunity for that price anywhere else. So that's why I booked a lot of hotels while I was in Indonesia. Okay. And, um, how do you decide? So without the wedding parties and things Mm -hmm. like that, like if you were just to go somewhere right now, um, by yourself, how would you decide whether to pick a hotel versus a hostel? Would it just be about budget or location? Definitely budget because for me, budget is first and foremost, because for Mm -hmm. me, I want to be able to either stay longer or do more trips with my money versus buying, staying in like a five star hotel in one place, if that makes sense. 
So, um, you know, I'm thinking about Belize in January. Um, actually, that's a different trip. I'm not, I'm going to pass over that one. But yeah, if I were to go anywhere else right now, it would definitely be a hostel because I'm like, oh, I'm traveling alone. Let's see what kind of cool people I can meet. And if I stay in a hostel, that will free up room for me to either stay longer in that location or free up money for me to do other things while I'm there. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. That makes sense. I mean, budget's really important and mm-hmm. ho- hotel accommodations, I should just say accommodations, um, <laughs> can account for, you know, a big portion of they your, do. of your travel budget it just kind of depends on how long yeah, you're well, staying. You gotta, you gotta stay somewhere like, <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like it would account for my family. At least if we went somewhere, it would be like more than half would be where we're staying and then mm-hmm. the flight just kind of on its own. And then it's mm-hmm. like, whatever's left over is like, well, we can walk around guys. That's yep. all we No, hundred percent. We can afford. <laughs> but I think about that. Like if you're like, Oh, I spend most of my money on food, but it's like, you could drop down to like two meals a day or you could cook to yourself for yourself if you need to. Right. But your hotel, mm-hmm. you have to go back to a place to sleep every night. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So. <laughs> There's no really cutting there. No, exactly. Um. I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions about hostels, um, mm-hmm. oh, pro- yeah. primarily amongst, you know, people here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, can you, for anyone who's like, oh, I don't know, I, I watched that hostel movie, like, yeah. back in when like, 20 out. years ago. <laughs> yeah. I All the travel like, movies, oh, they just okay. make hostels <laughs> seem like murder. <laughs> It's true. They do. But I'm like, you guys are still living in like 1960s or something. Like, they're yeah. so different these days. They're like boutique hotels, honestly. Some people, some places like Freehand is a small chain. They have one in like Miami, Chicago, New York, in downtown LA. And I've stayed at the downtown LA one, Freehand, um, a couple of times. And they have basically taken an old hotel and kind of converted it to like a hotel slash hostel. And, um, I just think they've up leveled themselves. They're so boutique now. One of my friends, actually, this is probably the best way to, to break someone's misconceptions about it. Take them to a hostel and just like, don't say anything, just show them around. Cause you know, it's going to be like, it's a nice experience for you. And for them, they're just going to have like, be able to take everything in and see for themselves. One of my friends, he's also Filipino American, but um, he lives in Arizona. We met up in the Philippines and I had to stay two nights in Manila. And so while I was there, I was like, oh, come to my hostel first. We'll have a couple of drinks before we go out. And I didn't know this. He walked in. He's like, this is your hostel. And it was the hostel in Manila in Makati. And he's like, and I'm like, yeah, it's nice, huh? And he's like, this is this is not what I expected a hostel to look like. And I'm like, wait, you've never been in a hostel before? <laughs> He's like, no, I haven't. I'm like, well, welcome. Let's head up to the rooftop and party. And so he was like, wow, this is so cool. Can I see like your room? And I was like, yeah, let me, I was sharing your room. Like, let me make sure no one's in it. And you could like peek around. He's like, this is like not what I expected. So I think it helps to be able to show people um, what they are these days because we know they are not the hostels of 50 years ago or the hostels from horror movies. So. <laughs> right yeah I that's I guess that, that is a good way of um kind of I wouldn't even say easing in just like hey let's go check this yeah, out yeah yeah and they're all like so many like, like I said earlier there's so many co-working spaces now within them so yeah. not only are they like 
places for people to sleep. They are collaboration centers. They are things where there are places where people get stuff done. They are places where people go to work because they know there will be a reliable Wi-Fi and community. So they're more than more than hostels these days. Um, uh, hostels are evolving. Leah is evolving. <laughs> I'm evolving. <laughs> as long because there's age limit for those that don't know, I've never stayed in one. I hope this episode is convincing you to at least try one out. This is what I always tell people: you can leave if you don't like it. You can literally leave after day one. You know what I mean? Like, right. and some of them are so inexpensive enough that honestly, if you're concerned about losing the money. Try not to be because there it's it's not a big dent in your pocket, right? Um, you're never committed, you're not under a contract to like stay there. If you're uncomfortable, something happens, you just don't like the experience, you're not they're not chaining you to the wall, like you don't have to stay there. But I always tell people to try them out, do your research, cross-reference reviews. I check TripAdvisor plus Google Maps plus booking.com. I always look at um social their social media as well. These days you pretty much have to have social media. But yeah, I just think um, as long as some of them have age limits, though. So as long as I am young enough to stay in one, I will always try one out wherever I'm going. I think I'm coming up. <laughs> on wow, ages. <laughs> I know. Well, because, they, you know, hostels started off, I think, as like youth hostels. So they were made for younger people. And the thinking is, I think globally, like as you get older, you have more disposable income to spend. So as you get older, you probably can afford a hotel, if you will. But usually hostels, I think, were created for, well, they were created in Germany for like boys traveling on a school trip. But after that, the evolution was they're kind of like for broke backpackers trying to meet others and trying to stretch their money further. Um, And of course, they've evolved into something completely else in 2022. So um, but yeah, some of them do still have age limits on it. <laughs> well, we'll mm-hmm. we'll avoid those for now. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much, Leah. We we ask um, all our guests this question: um, Why do you travel? I travel to really learn about others and get to know the communities that I'm visiting. I love different cultures and seeing how people were raised, how they live their day-to-day life, what they eat, what they drink, why they are the way they are, who their families are, how they were educated. Like I love seeing those different aspects. And that is why I travel everywhere I go. I really try to take cooking classes, meet families, ask people questions like why and how. And yeah, I will continue to do so. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful thank you for sharing that and uh for our listeners who want to find you where can they find more of you oh well this has been so wonderful uh i've loved being on here once again thank you ladies for coming on to our podcast as well so like i mentioned earlier i'm leah also known as la in flight i am most active on tiktok and instagram you can also find me on Twitter and all the review sites, Google Maps, etc. But pretty much social media. I'm still working on LAinflight.com, so don't go there yet. But every other Wednesday, including next Wednesday, um, you can find me co-hosting with Trizzy on Ticket to Anywhere podcast. We are on YouTube and anywhere you listen, and we're super active on Twitter, uh, Facebook, TikTok, 
Pinterest and Instagram as well. So all the social media platforms, but YouTube is where we play the most. So ticket number two anywhere is our podcast. Amazing. And we're linking that all in the show notes. So you could go directly there and get connected with Leah and learn more about her and Tick to Anywhere podcast. Thank you so much, Leah. It's been an amazing um, podcast episode. And yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, ladies. It's so good to chat with you again. And I know I'll see you soon. (laughs) Yes. 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 Hope so. Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Thanks, Leah. Thank you. Bye. 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 That's our episode. Please remember to subscribe and follow for new episodes dropping every Tuesday. If you enjoyed our show and our guests, please feel free to follow us on Instagram at Oh My Travel Podcast, at The Wild Explorer, and at Martha Gets It. And please feel free to share this with your friends and leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts. Bye. Bye.